You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Fog.net podcast. Scott Chasen, Jack Johnson, again here, this time talking Kansas basketball. We did Kansas football last week. It is a a bye week and off week for KU football, so we're switching it to the hoop side of things. And how perfect, actually. Bill Self was wandering around the the press box at David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium, so I actually uh, very briefly got to catch up with him, get a little bit of an update uh, on how things were going there, and we uh, published a story on that in the site that you can find. So, uh, Jack and I are here today to talk about uh, Kansas basketball projecting. Not quite a rotation. There will be some time to get into some of those things, but at least a starting five. And that comes on the heels of Jack publishing a story uh, just, I guess, yesterday morning, maybe depending on when you're listening to it. It might have been a few days ago uh, on Fog.net with his uh, prediction for the 2020-2021 KU basketball starting lineup. His predictions for the starters, mine are slightly different, but uh, have a lot of the similar names too. So, Jack, here's how I think we should do this. I think we're going to start with the most likely starter and work our way down to the least likely starter. So I think we can probably both agree that Marcus Garrett is for sure, 100%, no matter what happens, going to be a starter for this Kansas basketball team. Uh, so let's start there. What What are your expectations for Marcus Garrett coming off a National Defensive Player of the Year honor. Uh, I believe he started every game for Kansas, like you wrote. Um, started every game last season. Uh, led the Big 12 in assists, assists to turnover ratio. Uh, what are your expectations for him? Well, I, I can see it being a similar role to he had that he had last season. Um, but obviously, in my article, I wrote that I think that he could take on the point guard position. Simply put, he was the main guy that would come in when Dotson was off the floor and play the point guard position. I think he'll be on for the defensive side. I think he'll take the best player there and he'll be able to switch from that point guard to combo guard position, but he's going to be a guy that I think could lead the team in minutes or at least up there because he's a guy that self truly trusts. He always raves about him, whether he stuffs the the stat sheet or not, Marcus Garrett can be the most valuable player on this team when he's at his best. What was most impressive to me last season was his ability to even improve his three-point shooting. He's not going to, you know, knock down three, four, five per game. But if he can get to around the 40% mark, I think that's going to make him even more valuable as they move into conference play. So I think he's going to sort of fill that role that Dotson was in last year. Not obviously the point production that Dotson had, but as far as minutes go, He's going to probably play 34, 35 minutes. I could see him playing that amount per game. Yeah, I'll agree with some of what you said and then even take it a step further. You know, last year you mentioned him playing point when Dotson was off the floor. Uh, There were a lot of times he played point when Dotson was on the floor. Uh, You saw examples of that in the game against Baylor. You saw it. Um, certainly when Dotson missed the whole game at Oklahoma, but you saw a lot of the time that Kansas wanted its offense running through Marcus Garrett, uh, as the initiator in terms of passing it. Uh, and even at times when, with his ability to get downhill and drive after Dotson had that kind of hip injury that, you know, ling- lingered for a, a good bit. I-, I think that role is very natural for Marcus Garrett. Uh, he was a point guard in high school. He averaged close to a triple double, if not a triple double at, I believe skyline, 
and, and I remember talking to Bill Self after the game at Oklahoma. Uh, he did his press conference. He stayed behind and, and spoke to a few of us after that. Uh, and his quote about Marcus Garrett was, he can be Batman, and, and that he basically showed this ability to to lead the team as the point guard. I think he's very tough. Uh, if he can kind of a- avoid those freak ankle and, and foot injuries that, you know, and, you know, stepping on a guy's foot, rolling an ankle, those aren't exactly things that happen every day, although they do happen from time to time. Uh, there, there's no reason why he shouldn't be even better this year. I don't expect his points to be crazy. I, I expect something in the range of 11 to 13, so maybe a, a slight increase. But, yeah, I think Kansas will look elsewhere for scoring. Um, second most likely starter, Jack. You could go in a couple different directions. Who, who's the one you feel the second best about? I think you just have to pivot to another guard position and think it's going to be Ochai Baji. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's another guy, I believe, that started every game last season. You could tell in some games he took a step back in comparison to his freshman season. One of the games that comes to mind was at Baylor. He looked completely overwhelmed by their defense. He seemed a little bit timid to shoot the ball. But on the other hand, he also had, I think, a stretch in December, a five-game stretch where he was averaging almost 15 points per game and was shooting over 45% from three-point range. So if he can settle back into that role as the pure shooter at the two-spot for KU – I think that's really going to bolster the offense because Ochai's still wildly athletic. He still can go up and, you know, catch alley-oops. He's great. He can be great on the defensive end. Um, he's long, he's quick. And it just makes KU's offense that much better when he's confident and effective from beyond the arc. So I think him and Garrett will be those two locked-in starters at the guard position uh, and they could obviously Garrett could play the three or four spot if they wanted to slide somebody else in there. But I think uh, early on in the season, it's going to be Agbaji as a second, you know, clear starter for this team. Yeah, for sure. And and if he continues to develop defensively, uh, then he can actually be in a position where he can take the best guy when Marcus Garrett is needed to guard someone who is a harder matchup, who may not be the best guy. And the example I'd give there is Marcus Garrett guards were guarded Derek Culver when Kansas played West Virginia. Um, if West Virginia had a really good guard that was, you know, causing all sorts of problems that was better than Derek Culver, Marcus Garrett would still have been guarding Derek Culver because Kansas didn't have another smaller guard who could match up in that same way. So at times Marcus Garrett would guard down, at times he would guard up, he would often take the best player, but he would, in my opinion, most often take the most difficult matchup. And I think having wing defenders like Ochai Abaji, uh, you know, really allow you to do that. Um, I, I was curious if you would take Abaji or McCormick for your second most likely starter, but Abaji was 100% the name uh, that I would have marked with a pen in in terms of this guy is going to start for Kansas because you've already seen him start some in his freshman year, obviously with the red shirt being pulled every game of his sophomore year. Uh, he may have led the team in minutes. I, I don't 100% remember. That would make sense given the injury situation. Uh, but he can play big minutes. I think he took a step back offensively sometimes because he knew he was deferring to you know a, a great scorer in Dotson, a great post presence in Azubuki, at times a red-hot shooter in Isaiah Moss, at times a very good shooter in Christian Brown, who we'll talk about Um so I think that's part of why he took a little bit of a step back. His numbers were fine. His numbers were solid. And when you consider, you know, this was a guy who wasn't even a top 100 recruit, uh, to get the production they've gotten out of him through two years, I think is is really sound. So uh, we are in complete agreement about Marcus Garrett, about Ochai Abaji. And the last thing I think he really offers is 
uh, a vertical spacing threat, which, you know, you hear about floor spacing from three, and certainly he offers that too. But if you ever watch when he back cuts, you know, from from one corner into the paint or, or from one corner to the other corner, um, or even the wing, you know, like a back cut just to get to the rim, if you watch how the entire defense shifts and rotates and, and is worried about, hey, what's this guy doing? Because they know, you know, he can be the lob target. He can be that guy. I think there's such a value in that. And you don't always have that. You know, certain guys aren't the best off ball uh, cutting certain wings. I, you know, you can think of a number of guys at Kansas who uh, Quentin Grimes kind of maybe even being the poster child for this uh, that would have had a, a lot easier of a time getting offense, getting shots. Um, if he had developed a little bit more in terms of making himself an off-ball option, being aggressive, um, and you know, adhering to maybe more of the Marcus Garrett principles of offense as compared to an Ocha Abaji. Uh, but Ocha Abaji does some special things in terms of how he moves, how he attacks the rim off-ball, and, and I think you can expect a development with his shot too. Um, next starter, I, I kind of touched on him, so we can just go straight into him. I, I think David McCormick is as close to a lock to start as anything. For two straight years, we have heard Bill Self say uh, that he is one of the most improved guys leading up to the season. That's, again, the case this year. Uh, it's his junior season. He was the primary backup last year. And even with Mitch Lightfoot redshirting, it wouldn't shock me if Mitch Lightfoot started at, at times just because he redshirted, he came back. But I think there will be guys who play more minutes than him. I think David McCormick gets the first look at center uh, at the first look on the inside. And, and the question really becomes, can he do defensively anything comparable because it's not going to be the same it's not going to be as good uh, as what Yudoka Azubuki did last year and then on a second add-on to that can he taper or tailor his offensive game to not be you know hey I'm coming off the bench I may only play 10 minutes I need to take 100 shots can he play within the flow of the offense understanding that he will get a lot of opportunities to score um, and maybe not have the highest usage rate on the team you know, I, I think for David McCormick, if he, personally, I think he's going to be my player to watch heading into this season. I think that he has so much physical talent at the center position that he could be a breakout player in the Big 12 and possibly the nation. You know, he's 6'10", almost 270. He's pretty smooth around the rim for the most part. I remember, uh, I think it was late night in the fog last year. He came in and I think he knocked down a jumper around the baseline and then was able to step out and shot a three from the wing and knocked it in. Now, Self in the, the post game after that wasn't too happy about that. He said he doesn't want David McCormick shooting that way. But I remember when David came in for the post game interview, he said that the game was finally slowing down for him. And I know his freshman year, he could at times be sped up, get into foul trouble, lose the ball in the post. But when he's on and he's confident in his moves in the post, he's about as smooth as any forward I think he was possibly smoother than Azubuki at times last season. Azubuki would use his sheer daunting presence to just dominate people in the post. Not saying that he wasn't smooth around the goal, but he just could overpower people. I think David, who was two, three inches shorter than him, had to move a little bit outside the block and have to rely on more of his moves other than just overpowering people. But I also think he has that ability to overpower people because he's so he's 6'10", 6'11", 270. I mean, that's still a big center for KU in this lineup. And we all know Self likes to play through the post. So this can be that, you know, breakout year for him because they may go to David early on to see how he handles that, you know, high-low action. And he can step out and knock down the jumper uh, at times. 
But if he's able to slow down the game and get that, you know, valuable minutes, you know, like you just mentioned that he would come in and sometimes fire up five, six shots and only play 10 minutes. But it was those games like UMKC where he'd get his first couple to fall down. And then from there, he looks so much more relaxed, confident, and his ability to score the ball. And if you get that David McCormick in the front court for this offense, I mean, the, the, the offense can completely take off. Yeah, I think it could definitely. Uh, he showed the ability to hit, you know, that 10 to 14 foot jumper. I think if he limits his jumpers, uh, maybe not quite the 18 footers he took at times, but, you know, a little bit closer. And, and maybe, who knows, if he extends his range to three, you know, go ahead and, and shoot one or two a game. You know, I think Silvio even shot a couple last year. So, um, you know, Kansas, Kansas should have some good depth in the front court. Uh, we'll see, you know, kind of who emerges out of that area, plus the intrigue of potentially everyone being allowed to return if indeed, you know, a waiver does end up getting passed there. That could be, you know, potentially gigantic for Kansas. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There are two spots left, and I think there are probably four candidates for them, Um, but I want you to go through with the two uh, that you named, and, and maybe a little bit of a reason why on both. So just to, to recap for anyone listening, we both have Marcus Garrett, Ochai Abaji, David McCormick, and I think this is where the starting five gets really interesting. So so go ahead with uh, with your two. The, the, the fourth guy I had in my starting lineup was Christian Brown, and I, I the reason I decided to go with Brown is there were certain instances in last year's games. I, I The games come to mind are Villanova, uh, Baylor and K-State, we all know those were three hostile environments that self-trusted Brown on to come in in crunch time moments and not just be a decoy. He was, you know, still involved in the offense and he's six 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 seven, so he can fill in that 3-4 spot pretty well. And in my mind, I think he's possibly the best pure shooter on the team. Uh, I think he knocked down around 45% of his threes last year. So that's a that's an area in Kansas' offense that always seems to lack is just a pure three-point shooter and Brown provides that but he's also good on the defensive end he's good driving to the basket Um, I think he's just an all-around good player to fill in in the starting lineup and I think Self for the most part trusts him and raves about him because he trusted him that much last year as a true freshman and then the other guy I had in which was a little bit of a surprise and I know that most people probably wouldn't agree with me when you have Bryce Thompson on your roster but I think that this could be a good bounce back season for Jalen Wilson. Uh, obviously, his season was cut short just two games into the year with an ankle injury. Um, but I'm still pretty high on the type of player he can be. Um, I know Tristan Anaruna got some minutes that I think would have gone to Wilson last year. He's, he's good size at six six or six seven six eight. Um, it kind of comes down to how self wants to play with his starting five. Uh, In my article, I mentioned that last year he was pretty set on going with the two big lineup. He had McCormick and Silvio DeSouza uh, interchange for that four spot with Azubuki at the five. Uh, But there were limitations that came with that because that hurts your ability to guard the perimeter. 
uh, with a big like McCormick or DeSouza. And also that can be a mismatch against a stretch four against opposing teams. So, you know, that, that might hurt your chances if you start Brown and Wilson. I think Wilson can guard that stretch four position, but it could be a toss-up where if you wanted to go Bryce Thompson at the point guard spot, then you can slide Marcus Garrett, who you can trust to guard that stretch four spot, and run with a lineup like that. But again, I'm still pretty high on Jalen Wilson. I know he didn't get a lot of opportunities to showcase the type of player he was, but I think he has a fair shot to to be in the starting lineup and be a pretty big contributor for KU. Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned two games, and, and I know you alluded to this. It was really like two minutes and then 10 seconds because, I mean, that was it for a season. He had the ankle injury and then some back issues, and he's a guy who's drawn a ton of buzz. Uh, Bill Self has really talked him up before the season. Uh, he's lost about 15 pounds, according to Self. Self said he's in great, uh, terrific shape. Uh, so I think he's an interesting name to watch. My two starters, so again, Marcus Garrett, Ochai David McCormick. The guy I would feel probably the best about as that number four uh, guy would be Bryce Thompson. I, you know, I, I think coming into Kansas as a five-star prospect doesn't necessarily guarantee you a starting spot, although a lot of five-star guys, especially guards, um, have basically walked into a starting spot. This is a guy who um, I got to see before, I believe, his junior season. And he was really thin. I wasn't convinced he was a point guard or even maybe necessarily a combo guard. He looked okay. He looked solid. Wasn't totally sold on his athleticism. Wasn't sold on a lot of things. And he just got better and better and better and worked himself into a position where he was a five-star guy. I think he was ranked in the 70s when I saw him. Uh, He added strength. He added um, leadership abilities. He always had the the good temperament and, and a good personality, but I think he really improved as a leader. He took over uh, or improved his game as a shooter. He was always a good shooter, became a great shooter. Um, I think he's added so much to his game, and I think Bill Self would like the idea of having a, another 6'5 guard in the lineup, um, making it very easy to switch, making all the parts kind of interchangeable. You know, it's funny, traditionally, Bill Self did not like switching, um, pretty much ever until late in the year, he felt like it was better for a defense to develop. And then you kind of open up and and let them switch and and do some more creative things. Uh, That's, you know, college basketball has simply moved in another way. And Bill Self has adapted to college basketball moving in another way. So I think he gives you some good versatility there. Uh, I'm definitely a Bryce Thompson guy. That fifth spot is so interesting to me because I would have said, Tyon Grant Foster with some pretty big confidence until about a month ago. Uh, It sounds like he's been dealing with an injury that's really kind of hindered him. And, and uh, it, it may not be uh, something that's going to hold him out for long. It, it, you know, I think Bill self described him as being 80 or 90%. So it's not a huge deal, but as Bill self put it, when you're 80 or 90% and you play someone who is, you know, close to a hundred percent, who is about as good as you, maybe even a touch better or more experienced, uh, it's going to look rough. And so uh, I think for Tyon, it, it's mostly about getting healthy right now, seeing where he fits in. You know, his game is obviously way different than Isaiah Moss's. But you think about how Isaiah Moss came in, you know, came into the season, dealing with a hamstring injury, dealing with some preseason camp, you know, being banged up, missing the first game of the season. And he wasn't necessarily a guaranteed starter in every game. He certainly took on that role at a certain point. But it was more about... You know, whether he was coming off the bench or, or playing starters minutes, he was going to have a, a role and a chance to get involved. I think that's Tyon Grant Foster. Uh, I think my fifth starter would be Christian Brown. 
So I, I think the lineup would be Garrett, Abaji, Thompson. You could probably flip those. Uh, Brown and then McCormick. And I, I think Christian Brown will probably be the one who gets settled on there over a Mitch Lightfoot maybe or, or a tie on Grant Foster. And the reason why would be uh, I, I just think Christian Brown does so many things well. Uh, and a lot of them don't even show up on the stat sheet. You know, his energy, his effort. You mentioned uh, the the Villanova game. You know, I, I think he had a, a great chase down block of Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He had, I remember watching that game in person in Philadelphia. Uh, he had a, a sequence where I think he got maybe a late and one or a late score. And then he, he yelled and let out a curse word on national television. Uh, that was kind of funny. And he just, he seems to make really mature plays when they're needed. He's a great athlete, terrific athlete, above the rim athlete, knockdown shooter. Um, the one thing he didn't really do is, uh, I don't want to say play consistently because he was fine and, and he's a developing defender, but uh, the one thing he didn't have was like this huge defined role that you're going to do this every single night and you've got to score eight to 10 points or, or whatever. So, you know, his numbers really fluctuated, but I, I think he gave, I, I think he affected games uh, a lot through his kind of first college season. So I, I like your pick of Christian Brown. I think the Jalen Wilson pick isn't a bad one. Um, I would probably, if it's not going to be, you know, the, the alignment that I kind of outlined, if it's not going to be Brown, uh, I would guess it would either be town Grant Foster or Mitch Lightfoot, but Jalen Wilson will get that chance too. And, you know, certainly there's been a ton of positive buzz, uh, just thinking through the roster right now, the only names we haven't touched on, unless I'm missing someone would be Jethro, uh, Muscadin, um, Latrell, Jossel, and Silvio, uh, DeSosa. Any of those guys you think are even in contention for a starting spot? I, I don't really see it there. I The only guy I would say that would have a shot to start a game or two during the entire course of a season would probably be Silvio DeSouza. Mm -hmm. That's also a big, big if, because I think Silvio's role for this team is strictly an energy guy. That's the same with Mitch Lightfoot as well. I, I think Mitch Lightfoot and Silvio, if they settle into those energy guys off the bench, that can provide a breather for David McCormick, who also is an energy guy, that's going to be a good rotation for their front court. It's not going to be as dominant as it was last year. And there's probably going to be some growing pains, to be honest, in those first couple weeks of the season, because you're just not going to be used to having Yudoka Azubuki, who can have six, seven posterizing dunks a game. You're going to have to get used to David McCormick filling into that role to play 25 to 30 minutes a game. Again, he's only, the most minutes he's averaged in a season is, less than 15. Um, so that's going to take some time for him to develop, but I think he's one of those guys that can absolutely step into that role. Uh, but as far as those starters of those names, uh, Sylvia is the only guy I would give a chance. And I think that would have to come down to injury. Yeah. And, and I also think red shirts might be likely, although we've heard some good things about Jethro a musket into, if you check out this week's KU campus underground, we have an update. Uh, or, or we will, depending on when you're listening to this, have an update uh, on that. And then obviously Tristan and Aruna, you briefly touched on him uh, in an earlier answer, but he's an intriguing name in there too. Um, it's just got to come together for him. I think everyone agrees he's got the athletic athleticism. He's got the potential. Uh, he's very smooth on the court. Um, you know, Bill Self would say at times a little too casual, but uh, if he can really develop his shot, his ball handling, I think uh, he's got a chance to to really affect things too. So uh, this was our rundown of, of at least our projected starting fives. Uh, Jack, if, you know, just to, to say it out one more time, had Marcus, 
uh, Ochai Abaji, Jalen Wilson, Christian Brown, and David McCormick. I went with Marcus Garrett, Ochai, Bryce Thompson, uh, David McCormick, and then Christian Brown too. But uh, there are a lot of combinations, a lot of possible guys. Um, th- thanks for listening t- to this episode. If you want to uh, read more, you can head to fog.net. You can also follow us both both on Twitter. Uh, Jack is Johnny with uh, one N J underscore 15. I get that right. Yes, you did. And then I am at Jason Scott. So thanks again for listening to the fog.net podcast and we will talk to you next time. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 